evening America and good afternoon Australia and welcome to everyone listening across the planet this evening, today, wherever you are in the universe. This is Insight Intelligence and I'm your host and I will introduce you to my gorgeous co-host Mario Beckers in one moment. But before I do that, if you're listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch or Twitter, Hannah is ready and waiting with connections to anything that we talk about this week and in particular the way that you can connect with Mr. Mario Beckers from Insight Intelligence. Now each week we do a little welcome to country and it goes a little bit like this. I respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugamba language region, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast and pay my respect to the elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Now this is your next instalment in our ongoing series called Insight Intelligence with Mario Beckers. And what you need to know about Mario is that he grew up in communist Croatia, which was then part of Yugoslavia. And he witnessed a lot of social unrest and proceeded to enter the armed forces and the secret service in his early part of life. He now runs a global company focused on investigation and managing your private files and data, amongst many other things. And Mario is a natural-born leader. He's a public speaker, an educator, a trainer, a results-driven, best-selling, published book author. And we are really privileged to have him with us here today. I call him my friend, and I'm so delighted to share these co-hosted series with him. Welcome back to the show, Mario. Bonnie, thank you very much. And I'd like to say thank you to all listeners in Australia, US, across the globe. I'd like to say thank you to Tony Lonti's team in US, who enabling us to have this interview in real time, wherever we are across this beautiful blue rock. And as well, <laughs> if I make it this, uh, uh, if I can take this freedom and be free to say something to all our listeners, uh, yesterday was a Tony Lontis birthday. Uh, I tried to sing that song, but I know it that, was beautiful. Uh, thank you so much. And I say thank you, Tony Lontis, for being the great host. Thank you for being a great friend. And most importantly, thank you for giving opportunity to people like myself to express to the global audience. So happy birthday, Tony. And, uh, you know, I'm wishing you every success, and happiness and health in the future. Oh, Mario, thank you so much. We have another power-packed show for our audience, and it's a powerful topic. Um, We'll be talking about whistleblowers and informants, and it's an important discussion to have today. And with your permission, Mario, before we get on to this subject, I just want to quickly ask your thoughts um, as 
Before we went to air, I quickly sat down and watched some snippet of news um, Mm -hmm. on the TV. And there, front and centre, was Mr Vladimir Putin being very aggressive and a bully. And I just thought, I need to ask Mario your thoughts, because you lived in that area of the world, i.e. Europe, and I just... His words really upset me, and I'm just at the point where I find myself almost yelling at the TV going, why is someone not standing up to this bully? And I Mm -hmm. think he's a big bully. So quickly, Mario, before we get on today's topic, I just wanted to hear your learned thoughts on on this man, what's happening in Ukraine? Well, I I just want to go a little bit back in time, 80 years today. In 1941, uh, German Wehrmacht launched Operation Barbarossa, 22nd of June, 1941, with uh, almost 4 million soldiers invading then Soviet Union. In 1942, the uh, German Wehrmacht was driving to the Ukraine, towards uh, Crimea, then the Caucasus and Chechnya and so on. Uh, on that quest, there was a journalist following uh, Germans, and they were Italian journalists who asked the Ukrainian people why, you know, a year before you welcome Germans now fighting them, and they said the one simple answer: from two devils, we choose one who speaks our language, which is was Stalin that stage. Uh, yeah. Putin counting on this. It's very important to people understand the Russians. Uh, you know that 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 uh, federation consists on many different uh, ethnic backgrounds, different in uh, nationalities, but all what they have because of that vast space and 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 the way how they feel, they believe that Putin is the greatest thing. And Putin counting on this, and that's reason why he's a bully, because believing that he has a, a you know all the Russian people behind them, and of course, I truly believe that somebody somehow somewhere apart of Zelensky and the Ukrainian people, which they're doing tremendous job. Aren't they uh, just? Yeah, look, I can say something from my experience. It was on much more smaller scale. Uh, I admire everybody who is stand up to the bully because, uh, Tony, we must understand one thing. It is not just Ukrainian army fighting Russians. They're fighting the, yes. the, the machinery which was being built for 80 years. And, you know, Russians are throwing everything. Mercers, they, they don't care what they're going to do. They don't destroy. do they? Yeah. Like, they yeah. just don't yeah. And I believe yeah. that, as I said, like, you know, we can be angry as much as we want, but I truly believe that every minute, every hour, uh, Putin is going to go to the tremendous um, suffering more than anybody else and his his citizens and bully always meet the end how his end is going to be i don't know but it will be because even they citizens of russia they have enough and uh, maybe you didn't notice all the listeners there's a lot of uh, fires across the russia in heart of moscow today was again one of the institutes and they have a lot of these fires and people burning the cars yeah so i think it's always going to meet his end I I sincerely hope so because I just find it distressing yes. that that rush for power, that bullying behaviour is resulting in uh-uh. the loss of lives of beautiful human people and the destruction of a beautiful country. War is never the answer, ever. Never was, never will be. And tragedy it is with every war. Uh, war ends, but uh, trauma 
and the losses and damage yeah goes on for the decades after the war and generations are suffering you can just imagine obviously the kids you know being in the basements i remember when i was very young soldier and saw these kids and families in the basement with every sound they will you know will twitch and i mean there was not explosions but just a sound that will twitch you know the fear so tony i believe that uh, putin and and uh, and his entourage will meet they they will face the day I hope they so. when they're gonna I, yes they will I, I in this day and age i just can't someone just with a drone just quietly and secretly just take him out but i'm guessing that's unrealistic <laughs> um and i'm guessing uh, that, that there's that's, probably that's someone to... guess, yeah 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 but it's <laughs> like we have so many examples of history and uh, uh yeah we 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 will see it. You know, I mean that it's gonna be that turn turn around because, as I say, you can wage the war for some time. This war is now two months old, and yes. um, the, it's a big pressure not just on the military and troops and the losses of life, but uh, people are suffering across not just Russia but across the globe because you, of the, his foolishness. Absolutely. And, uh, that and will be to... yeah. Good. Thank you for indulging cool. me, Mario. I respect your opinion, having Thanks, lived over there. Um, yeah. This week, we want to talk about um, whistleblowers and informants. And in a similar vein, it's about protecting information at the the forefront of it and it's about protecting the people that are courageous enough to highlight an issue crime or fraud so maria i wanted to start with a discussion about the difference between a whistleblower and an, an informant can you tell us about the differences yeah absolutely well to all listeners we witnessing in daily basis we're witnessing uh real in real time uh, news that there was some informant uh, working for the government sector. More or less, we hear the informants related to police. Uh, mm. But informant is nothing new. It is a, in simplest terms, I'm going to address this as a five years old. I would say, yeah. it is somebody who comes forward or has been or she been recruited for the purposes to gather information on an individual or group on behalf of the law enforcement agencies. Now, when you become informant, people you know, have that usually uh, uh, that romantic view on informants. Yeah. Informants is a person who or he or she has get some type of education and training and uh, how to behave, how to communicate with uh, operatives, intelligence operatives or uh, detectives or whatever it is. Uh, so it's a separation between the whistleblower informant is that one, that informant has been either rewarded, uh, I can go into this into depth a little later. Yes. It's called the mice technology, money, ideology, coercion, or ego. And there's uh, reasons why somebody becomes informed because of money or you know, ideology. And one thing when we talk about ideology informant, uh, that's the cheapest informants, and this is the most dangerous informants. Phil right. Kirby uh, was very well known, you know, aspiring on the Cambridge. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he was uh, one of the fathers of the modern. Uh, counterintelligence in military and MI5, MI6 in England, and he was spying for almost 30 years for the Russians because ideology... That's from a the long time, oh, yeah, Mario. Absolutely. 
Yeah, they have a handsome who was the head of counterintelligence in FBI. Uh, he was guy who's supposed to protect the government against uh, Russians and then Soviet uh, spies. He approached Russians and he was still in the secrets and he's been caught. Phil B. not Phil B. went to Russia, Hansen not. So that's a very two forms, famous cases. Then you have a coercion because that's one of the methods we apply that somebody, mm. you know, sort of, um, let's just say DAA in my recent article spent uh, yeah. last last year i think like they spent like millions of dollars on uh almost i would lie now pretty sure top of my head 400 million dollars in one year on informants dea yes and they have about eighteen thousand five hundred informants who are in the heart of the drug cartels and and, and everything else that's a bit scary isn't it yeah it is yeah and then you have the ego right ego is usually revenge you know like and you know i want a better jobs and i want to destroy somebody on a part so i willingly uh uh, participate in providing information just to make somebody's life miserable and not every information is um, related to the government. We must understand there's a passive and active informants. Passive is when they're running the case against organized crime group. And there is, sorry, active. And then the passive is when somebody is, you know, some way and providing from time to time information and they go into database in simple terms. Mm-hmm. In other hand, whistleblower. Whistleblower, it's not non-government uh, ah. recruited person. So yeah. informants usually, as I said, like get some training in communication, how to how to act, you know, and, and you know, so it's always some type of exit plan. And when you become informer for government, what I saw in my life experience, you had the validation because you don't become informant. Hey, hi Tony, my name is Why I give information. You were the you know some detective. It doesn't work that way. There's a special branch of people doing this, and then their identity must be protected by the law. Uh, unfortunately, in Australia, we saw that yeah. sometimes this doesn't doesn't hold, and that puts the, a lot of strain on our law enforcement agencies getting informants uh, to become willing informants, willingly informants for the government sector. Now, when you become the whistleblower, whistleblower is a person with a name, surname, family, job, uh, friends, mm. who believes by acting providing information about wrongdoing in corporation, they will assist corporation to reduce fraud, theft, uh. hazard, uh, wrongdoings by the summer management. And that this there's a big difference between the informants who have yes. become willingly, unwittingly, and you have the volunteers in corporate sector. Doesn't matter, we call the corporate sector and government sector because you had a very famous case in Australia history. It was called the Wittenscape, who was working, who was used to be working for ACES. Yes. Australian Security Intelligence Services, who was being then in East Timor, uh, Leicester Timor office, they planted 200 uh, listening devices. And, uh, you know, this case is still going on, right? Him and his lawyer and everybody else. So, you know, he was a whistleblower who was working for government sector. And uh, yet he has stepped out and said this is wrongdoings. And unfortunately, government sector whistleblower has been treated differently than in corporate sector. So in mm-hmm. corporate sector, Tonic, anybody can be whistleblower. And it cost no cent, nothing to corporation, but yet they had been um, they had been uh, named and shamed, and you know, their reputation has been destroyed. 
So that's a major difference. Well, uh, informant is being recruited through the that mice technology, methodology, excuse me, technology, methodology. Yes. yes. Or they, you have the whistleblowers who is a volunteer seeking nothing and providing a lot. So that's the major difference. And so from my understanding of what you've just said, Mario, a whistleblower is driven by different reasons than Correct. an informant. So the informant is, is about the ego, revenge, money type situation, whereas a whistleblower is, is about doing what's right, noticing someone doing something wrong. So that may be a corporation uh, leaking toxic chemicals into a river versus... Yeah. Uh, a, a, an informant uh, ratting on um, a drug car- cartel. So drug cartel, or let's just say, uh, you know, like you can work in in foreign government. You know, I mean, that's some yeah. different government agencies handling different type of the informants, right? You know, military, you know, the foreign yes. intelligence or police. Yes. Um, under the law, Mario, are they protected in different ways or similar ways, or not protected very well at all? Informant, it's usually, as I said, has been handled uh, with the yes. uh, highest sophistication, I would call this, uh, because they know uh, in society. So this is not like, you know, in a movie, yes. which is this in a movie, you know, you you are snitchy. And if you don't do what we tell you to do, like, you know, we're going to tell everybody. It doesn't work that way. Because yeah. once when you become informant for the government sector, there's a, a lot of responsibility and accountabilities by government sector agencies who are working informants. Mm. Uh, I says speaking broadly and generally, uh, you know, yes. instead of naming police, military, and so on, they have the set of rules and regis- uh, regulations how to recruit, how to communicate, how to um, look after their well-being, safety, and everything else. And that cannot be guaranteed, right? You know, we saw this in mm. Afghanistan, we saw this in Iraq. You know, yes. when, once once when the people uh, occupying force leaves, informant stays. You know, I mean, except maybe key key personnel. Um, yeah. But then yet, you know, of course, there's a protected by the law, and there's an entire set of legislations when it comes to informants which are not available for the public eyes mm-hmm. uh, because it's hard to challenge. And now, sure, so we have the uh, in Victoria where we're not able to protect a key informant. Uh, but they call the lawyer X. Uh, but yes. there was uh, uh, because it's like you know they always find a way how to come across this. Uh, but as a majority of cases, I'll say ninety percent of cases informants had been protected because there's a law, legislations, and acts. In corporate sector, there are the some sets of legislations per each state and per yes. industry, um, and then. But again, it falls on the shoulders of corporation to protect, uh, not the government. You know, government yeah. is a one thing, but corporation is another thing. Yeah. In corporation, there is a set of the legislation in New South Wales and other states, which they need to um, protect uh, well-being and the likelihood of the whistleblower. How this has been done, uh, we can witness that there is a less and less whistleblowers uh, yeah. in public, and. Um, that represents the problem because whistleblower uh, is a, like a, I'll, I'll call this as a guillotine, right? You never know if it's going to fall on somebody's head and the whistleblower comes out of the darkness and says what need to say or she, and society tells 
you know, flabbergasted. We all be surprised. Wow, Tony and Mario done this. You know, they're still the <laughs> Nutella from the storage. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> There's a shortage of Nutella on market in Australia because Mario and Tony we uh, stole it all. <laughs> yes, yeah, like we're ciphering no Nutella in, in our storage, and then yeah. suddenly public stays, you know, stoned, surprised, flabbergasted. So the whistleblower, I don't think the corporations are handling this very well, and mm-hmm. I can understand why because for whistleblower to understand who is the whistleblower, as I mentioned in my monograph informative whistleblower management plan, they must understand how to handle whistleblower, what's the key objective whistleblower, who to approach. And, you know, more often you can see whistleblowers, nobody listen to them in organization, while in corporate sector, so government sector informative talks directly to the key decision makers. Yes. <laughs> sort of. Uh, that information find a way to key decision maker. While in yeah. corporations, they don't want to listen to this because yes. there is the reasons why corporations then like a whistleblower, and usually the whistleblower comes, it's not just uh, Tony and Mario's, you know, ciphering 100 jar on teller monthly, but as I said, we, we take it, uh, putting into jars, non-Nutella, but we put some type of different product, Branding. right? Which is, yes. Mm. And we saw this during the COVID, Tony. We, we saw this, yeah. that there was a, a Project Veritas was a great one in the US. They, they were... Um, how corporations was naive. They become the informants itself, the executive management. Um, they were talking to the stranger and they were recording them. And uh, so that's not a whistleblower. A whistleblower is a person who consciously steps out in the public. Makes a decision to do that. Yeah, and hoping for the best. But unfortunately, society, it's unforgivable. Yeah. I, I was just going to say... Um, there's a couple of prominent people that come to my mind in and around yes, this this subject. So Edward Snow, uh, Snowden and Julian Assange. Mm. And I'm really curious about your thoughts on those two prominent people um, and the way that they were involved in dissemination of information and, and whether that fell under a whistleblower, an informant. Where does that stuff sit? Because I actually think from my personal perspective, perspective that information um, should be freely available unless it is related to high level security what are your thoughts mario again julian assange and eric snowden are two different guys they have yes. some similarities eric snowden was a it kid as well as his kid as a yeah. julian assange that being said uh, eric snowden Consciously, he was employed by the various agencies in the U.S. and he developed various type of the applications. You know, while you're sleeping, your camera on the phone is working and mm-hmm. recording you that you even don't know. And of course, he has access to the many different uh, applications for the purpose of eavesdropping, intercepting messages, and decoding, and you know, surveillance yes. of all types. Well, the Julian Assange. Uh, he positioned himself to be the beacon of the truth. And yeah. Julian Assange never worked in, in sort of, like, how to say, secret in type, you know. I first yes. of all, for somebody, then I stepped out. Uh, the officer Manning was the one who was helping Julian Assange, and that, that officer Manning now become the he becomes the woman two, two three years ago, being pardoned by the Barack Obama, president of the U.S. Uh, 
Julian Assange decided to open the eyes of the world, mm. of every citizen, about wrongdoings of uh, governments across the globe. Now, yes. I used to be work for the government, and it is sometimes it's very important to understand that when you dump the number of the messages there in the public, uh, again, <clears throat> many innocent people are going to be caught in that um, that network of yeah that yes. scenario and mm-hmm. you know we don't know how someone's going to react when it comes to you know seeing you know again tony mario uh, stealing, stealing the nutella but putting the gem inside you know from cuba yeah uh, and people become upset while eric snowden was directly consciously decided to step out and said how it's been done what has been done by whom where there was a plenty of articles but as you know yeah. The both of them they've been uh, uh, neglected by by both society because uh, yeah. Julian Assange is going to be extradited to US. Oh, WikiLeaks no. still working and people believing that uh, that's a whistleblower. You know, I mean, that, see that uh, Julian Assange knew it, that there's a plenty of people there who sees things, um, you know, hear the things. Uh, they come across the data informations and mm. they have nowhere to go, so they're going to him. Yes. Um, so the WikiLeaks is still, still, still there, but as well, um, WikiLeaks is not anymore because Julian Assange, as a leader of that that uh, group, uh, that organization, has been in Ecuador embassy now in a prison in UK, um, and as a that person, everything what he's doing in WikiLeaks has become irrelevant. Same with Eric mm-hmm. Snowden. Eric Snowden, yeah. um, as well. You know, nowhere to be seen or heard. He does no. some interviews from time to time, but all this information has become irrelevant. But what did that helps actually? How this helps to the governments? Government sees where the problems rises that information leaking, and they will implement policy procedures. Doesn't happen again doesn't in future. Again. Mm. Yeah, and that's the, that's a two great examples of whistleblowers. Eric Snowden yes. directly from from the uh, government. He you know. He was working for government and private yes. sector. Who yeah. was working for government? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then you had uh, Julia Assange, who never hide that he represents the whistleblowers who are yeah. happy to uh, say the things we don't know or we are not aware. In and both cases, now he thought that the, that information was in the public interest, and for us, the general public, it was important for us to know. So different from from edward snowden yeah yes look eric snowden uh, see the, the 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 eric snowden had hands on deck right he saw things he created the applications you know he he was a constructor an architect of the mass surveillance mm. program and his articles was you know like you know i was doing some of my university for my master's you know, there was a uh, optic cable goes from Spain and Italy, you know, and how the CIA tapped, you know, millions of the cables ah. and, you know, and, you know, which were not fully aware. And that's a reality, right? I mean, yeah, every undersea cable, it's under the threat from anybody, right? And it's devices being created and, you know, but the CIA goes a step further. They took an exchange station <laughs> in their hands and they just tapped people. Yeah. But, you know, but there is no then, as I said, like, I think that his conscience was um, uh, start working as many yeah. whistleblowers. And 
let's not forget he left a life he know yeah. for the life which doesn't know in foreign country yeah. and we are we are alleged we don't know where he is but yeah uh pretty sure it's between china and russia yeah and uh, as as well you know i mean don't forget one thing uh tony when you work for the government particularly intelligence services the moment you cross the line and you become the whistleblower Mm. Uh, there's certain elements in intelligence community and military and government who sees you as a traitor and yes. you know and I that's what's bring been... that up I wanted Please. to bring that up Mario there there is a dichotomy between um, people's right to know and conversely the corporational government that sees that as uh, no, people don't have that right to know. And then us, the people, then have to make a decision whether we think this person is a traitor, divulging government secrets, or whether we think that we have the right to know. Um, we don't always protect whistleblowers or informants or treat them very well, do we, Mario? Because if you take Australia, for instance, we have that bit of attitude that is don't dob to use a colloquialism don't <laughs> yeah, dob, yeah. which i don't i'm not in favor of that because i actually think that it takes courage to speak about things that um you find or know that are not not right i think it actually mm. takes courage and strength to speak out um but we don't treat these people very well do we mario absolutely you will agree to me and listeners information it's a most valuable commodity in yes. business, everything. Yes. Every information comes to the uh, the desk, I call the desk, you know, police, the, you know, intelligence agencies, national security agency, whatever it is. Um, one thing you, you must understand, <laughs> understand. Yeah. Every information being forwarded by somebody, it's been treated very carefully. Because mm -hmm. not every information be forwarded by the citizens or, you know, so-called citizens is valuable. That's where the intelligence services uh, have the uh, bigger bigger task to check the source of, uh, validity and information availability. So is yeah. this information val you know val valuable? Uh, and uh, who is the source? You know, because not every source information is a, is a trustworthy, if I may mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Whistleblowers. In countries are different, right? In as like informant can be double agent, informant can be yeah. triple agent. Yeah, uh, it can be deliberately purposely be the part of the you know manipulation of the system. So, but whistleblower is not protected the way they should be. And mm -hmm. I give them my pride when I train the organizations in how to manage whistleblowers to understand when they deal with the whistleblower, it's a human being. You must yes. understand, it's a human being somebody with a wife and kids or husband you know he or she whatever family yeah i apologize we had a family that person they have the life history and everybody need to take it seriously from the moment that person who voluntarily becomes whistleblower to goes to the one channel only channel who is capable to do all these tasks around the whistleblower and pass this information i mean securing the whistleblower in shortest and securing information and information being passed on top organization 
without having the whistleblower. Because whistleblower doesn't step out because has nothing or she mm. to do. They're coming because they consciously make a decision that this is the right thing to do, as you say, yes. spilling the poison in a, in a, in a river or mm. chemical, you know, what it is. Now, that's, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a longer process than we expected, but then information be received by the corporation. Um, it doesn't go anymore back to a whistleblower, except, you know, leave the person to work, to do, and, you know, as as go through my training process with the, my clients, explain how this has been done. But then what corporation is going to do with that information? Right. Yeah. This is the way the biggest problem starts. And the whistleblower usually is not somebody who is being just in, a, let's just say, in the warehouse. Whistleblower can be a person who is working across the entire organization, has access to many files and anything else. And people are generally afraid what else that person did. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, sooner or later, uh, we have the Netflix series, you know, <laughs> where we are, you know, 30 years. 30 years from today, you know, I mean, 30 years ago, yes. sorry, you know, you know, there was a, such a, such a person, Tony and Mario, and, you know, they become Took the whistleblower, the and the technical teller, and the whistleblower told that, you know, I mean, and nobody did a care. Uh, unfortunately, whistleblower, it's different than informant. It must be dealt even more sophisticated than yes. informant. Informant has a tradition in, in government and law enforcement agencies as a, as a role. And they know what they're doing to the decades and even centuries. While the whistleblower is not, it's not something new, but the mm. culture is changed, and they need to understand that dealing with a human being who or she have family, have the life, and what they're doing, they believe it's a correct, and they need yes. to attend this as much professionally as sophisticated way, which we train them. Yes. Yes, Tony, sorry. Mario, is that why you wrote the corporate informant and whistleblower management plan? Was it was it because you didn't see them being treated and managed the way that they should be? And firstly, um, and secondly, uh, is the treatment of informants and whistleblowers from a corporate perspective similar across the globe, or are there big variables between countries? I'm curious about how perhaps a whistleblower might be treated in Australia versus the US or versus Russia or versus China. Again, we must always come from this angle, what information whistleblower provides. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's identical as for the government Coca corporation. Who is the source of information? Right? Is the new employee or the employee with a longer uh, work experience and and what is the type of information? Once, because the whistleblower just want to lend information, right? That's all yeah. they want. They want to see that They just want to speak about it. Yeah, they want to see that somebody cares, somebody uh, can do something about. And as I said, that's a, that's a very sophisticated process of operations, how to hit a whistleblower. I don't know for the across the globe, but I know that US take it very seriously. Uh, corporate whistleblowers, yes, uh, and they as well in US. I know it's a practice they're employing the people like myself who comes from the government sector, yes. uh, background intelligence and, and the counterintelligence. So they have those people who care about these the other processes and everything else. Mm. When it comes to government sector informants, they are, in generally speaking, protected. 
they have the strategies for them and they know how to use them. Of course, look, Tony, um, you know, in a prison, you know, you have so many informants. You have. Yes. Uh, um, and, you know, the, the judicial system treat them differently, right? You know yes. I mean? And um, they live in a confined space. But let's just say in organized crime case, organized crime cases or uh, drug cartels or anything else, those informants. And don't forget one thing you should remember, maybe don't, but in <laughs> 80s and particularly 90s, I will yes. say because I say like, uh, look at the Italy. Uh, Italy was... Mm. Um, one stage they stopped having informants because the mafia uh, not just the mafia but uh, yes. as well the, the cosa nostra and uh, i forgot the napoli name um, i'll remember later uh, they, they they executed the, the, the you know head yes. public prosecutor yes. i mean yes they put That's... a five tons of the bomb in his car so like yeah. why would you become the informant if you can't even protect the, you know the, 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 the key the figure, highest you know I mean? level of judiciary yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. camora camora that's what, that's the name of the other yes. branch of the mafia camora. Yes. so and in whistleblowers in the organization um they had some legislations in new south wales and other states which they protect them but as well as again comes on the shoulders of corporations and corporations should understand should know how to handle them doesn't need to be complicated. No. From the moment that whistleblower just want to lend information, they want to see somebody cares as something has been done. And yeah. instead of this, whistleblower has been uh, put in a public domain. Mm. And, you know, these people are usually suffering long-term yeah. consequences by society, yeah. by corporations, and their life, likelihood and lifestyle is, is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario, part of the work that you and the team at Insight Intelligence do is around the training and you consult around the management of whistleblowers and informants and you do this across the globe, don't you? That's right. What does that sort of work look like for you and the team? Do you do you go in and work with the um, higher levels of management in a corporation? Do you get to work with the actors actual whistleblower what does that look like for insight intelligence how you do this work i work with the one company uh, which was utilizing third party i mean ah. come on third party third party has a website <laughs> yeah um become the whistleblower you have something to share with us you share with us and we keep anonymous this and that and wow. i told this company they have their big problems because um they had a, a lot of civil litigations how the whistleblowers information is being handled mm -hmm. so when i come there i usually explain to them they need to understand as we through this process of our conversation right mm. now you and i difference between informant and difference whistleblower absolutely most of the most of corporations for the training they they, they, they believe they're going to learn um some craft of espionage and i always told them information is a your tool it's a your weapon mm -hmm. now i teach them how to handle whistleblower once we understand lead informants on the side that's a government sector don't go that path that is not your incorporations you know if you start creating informants now tony some of corporations i visited Yes. And I spoke with the executive management. They told yes. me they have the specialized team, again, third party, 
who recruits informants now you don't recruit informants no. in, in organization you know because first of all that's illegal and secondly yeah informants um as i said like it's a, it's a different on different level than the whistleblower so when i train them i told them if somebody becomes a whistleblower it's not every day it's a once in six months once in a year yeah. but yeah. you need to be prepared mm-hmm. and the team and everybody else needs to be prepared how to handle this thing and of course it's a dual process of training you're teaching the executive management what the whistleblowers yeah. are and how was the benefits one whistleblower i was witnessing uh, he was seeing the fraud on such a large scale and nobody cared about that speaking one. up yeah mm-hmm. and uh, people around him they say like you know nothing's gonna change so he stepped out and the corporations immediately uh, uh, you know <laughs> was a poorly handled and of course the person was you know being publicized and, and, and oh, ostracized by, you know by family and everything else mm-hmm. and i told them this guy brought you the information which prevented you to bleed the money and look yeah. at what you did um and sort of uh, there was some Type of negotiation with that person and you know he was being looked after and so on so on in in of course in, in the frame of the capabilities the possibilities company can do but when you train these people you train the executives to understand that there's the benefits having the whistleblowers and not the negativity and the whistleblowers and- yeah sorry Tom, yeah. Mario, that's what I was wondering because um, if I put my corporate hat on and I'm thinking about my corporation, it's in my corporation's best interest to know if there's fraud happening. So one would think that you would protect that person that brought you the information um, as as a key component to your corporation being better and doing better but what I'm understanding is that because there's so many corporations that don't understand how to do this they're not doing that and they've got bad outcomes for their corporation they've got bad outcomes for the the whistleblower and it's all round bad for everyone when in fact it could actually be a very um it could be a great experience in terms of the corporation and driving them forward and lowering their costs and reducing fraud and they should be protecting that person that's brought that information so i'm guessing that there's lots of training that you do yes. inside intelligence does around yes. just that small component within Abs- organizations absolutely and you know as i say the whistleblower is like a guillotine Imagine, you know, the guillotine, you know, and you put your head and you never know where it's going to sharp yeah. or going to snap your yeah. neck, right, or cut your head. Why is that? Because when a whistleblower is being treated well and uh, other employees, and doesn't matter what type of organization you are or what level of management you are, you're never going to know if your wrongdoing is going to be uh, forwarded by a whistleblower. Right. So there's another element, how to investigate this information, how to yes. establish. And you do that as well, don't you, Mario? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The investigative process yeah. is complete part and parcel of what you do. Yeah. And now at the end, look at the brighter side. Corporation who has been trained how to handle whistleblowers, yeah. you know, and they do process of internal investigation so meticulously, so well. Public's going to know. Yeah. It's a good reputation sign. It is. 
It is. And um, when you have a whistleblower, uh, usually as much as negativity whistleblower receives in, in, in media or in, media. in public stage, there's yeah. always the elements of the those who's going to be interested in story. Yeah. And that story, you know, it can go on 60 minutes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So like, it's like, yes. uh, it's a vicious circle. So as I always say, training and education, when the meet opportunity it's so important. in visible management, it's going to result in a beneficiary results. If yeah. you have no training and opportunity rises and you have the visible approaching and not handling very well, it's going to have the echoes across the globe, not just in your own company. Yeah. Training is very Mario, important. If you, if you have an instance where um, a, a whistleblower um, has talked to a CEO and that CEO and corporation don't have whistleblower and informant management plans in place, they can actually reach out to you and you will guide them through that process right. and make sure that it's managed appropriately for everyone's sake. That's correct, Tony. Yeah. I'm inviting everybody who experience or they believe they're going to experience and you will experience yeah. uh, that phenomena called whistleblower because a whistleblower is not just how to handle whistleblower, it's how to handle information, how to investigate information, how to run your PR. And yeah. you know, this is all been done to the something I call the war room and where you're doing this, this stages, uh, staged uh, a problem and uh, I mentioned this before, it's a pre-mortem analysis. You know, you're doing predictive analysis. If the whistleblower comes with what type of information and you put all these elements and then you strike the three worst case scenarios and that's the training what I'm offering to the yes. clients, particularly CEOs. Uh, CEOs should understand value of whistleblowers here. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Mario, last week we ran out of time, and I don't want to run out of time again this week. But <laughs> yes, <buddy. laughs> our conversation around whistleblowers and informants actually leads into my question um, that we didn't get to last week about mm. providing expert witness um, and providing reports in the judicial system. Um, because often whistleblower or informant information does have um, an end result in some form form of judicial or court process and that's another part of what insight intelligence does that's and right. um, uh, that expert witness training and understanding um, I wish that I had known years ago that there were companies that could help you with this Thank and you. prepare you for a court process because I'm telling you people it is not pleasant um, Mario can you tell us about how you prep you and your team for as expert witnesses and how you help others prepare themselves to be expert witnesses um, to roll to be expert witness you know of course i was engaged with the with the with the third parties and uh based on my education my tertiary qualifications and uh of course work experience in in levels uh, most of people don't have of course put you into that uh, role of expert witness. So what, what what my role was? My role was always been if any investigation has been done and the client goes to the lawyer and they believe that that investigation has been illegally or they use the methods that should not be used or any um, misinformation be placed into the report or statements, I'll review this one. So I'll review the 
from the from the moment this case has been opened to conclude that I'll inspect all elements on behalf of the my client, which is third party, to prove this approved method has been uh, uh, consistent uh, in uh, in uh, according to the law, acts, legislations, and that yeah. investigator qualifications matching this case. So that's uh, just a few elements of the investigation. So yeah. uh, my 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 qualifications are like you know I've done the forensics. Uh, the, uh, yes academy and you know i know that this application has been done so i'm, I'm investigating from a scientific point of view legal point of view and a methodological point of view that this case has been run properly investigation has has a satisfaction elements that there's not been influenced by fraud or misinformation yeah. disinformation threats blackmail whatever now there is a different type of uh, expert fitness we have as well for the motor vehicles. We mm. have the person who does the motor vehicles accidents, uh, crashes, you know, break and enters, yes. everything related to yes. vehicles. Uh, and that person, David, has extensive experience in mechanics, but not to be just mechanic. He knows the metallurgy. He understands the yes. chemical processes, scientific processes, everything else around the vehicle. And he as well assists me when it comes to investigation that something would happen to the motor vehicle matching those processing report and the statement given by the uh, climate. And that's the way we so we approach it from scientific way, academic way, um, work experience, and legal and uh, of course lawful side of the of the of the this investigation. So that's expert fitness we we provided here, and as well I have the uh, forensic psychologist, which is Debbie, yeah. and she she is the one who actually um, goes on the court and uh, as an expert witness she can state that, that this person, for example, uh, Mario says to Tony, Tony, I have the diabetes from so much Nutella, right? And because there's no hotel anymore, I my yeah. diabetes is going to the roof, and you know I have a PTSD. But I didn't go to the doctor, and uh, or maybe I go to GP, and we go to court. You take me to court. You have no PTSD, Mario. There becomes in, and you know she uh, again from her professional view. She can her, say, well, actually, yeah, he might how, have gone to a GP, but his elements of PTSD, of PTSD that, it doesn't exist. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And then court says. Okay, so what's your qualifications, of course, before the proceedings, you know what I mean? And then mm. you present all these qualifications. And, of course, you need to be uh, rectified as a, uh, recognized as an expert witness rather than just somebody doing the blurb. Because, after all, yeah. if you step as an expert witness and you show um, no understanding, no knowledge, little work experience, mm. and you're just doing opinion-based um opinion-based uh, uh, reporting or giving statement, mm -hmm. you're not expert witness and you're going to be, you know, literally seen as a, by the court as a, as a, as a clown and, um, yes. you know, the lawyer and everybody yes. else is going to be sent out. Uh, so it's very careful. So that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. uh, psychology, motor vehicles, and of course, uh, marine vessels, and of course, investigation, forensic investigations yeah. and expert witness here. Yeah. Fantastic, Mario. Um, we are just about out of time. <laughs> I want to do a plug. I know we have so much fun. <laughs> That's okay. About. Good. Yes. Yes. 
it goes so quickly. It goes in the blink of an eye. Talking about this stuff, I find it so. Yes. My my love of 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 criminal and forensics <laughs> just is in overload. Um, yes. Maria, I just want to do a big shout out again for your um, show on Alive ninety point five FM Sydney on Wednesdays called Life Is a Battlefield. Um, you're always looking to talk to wonderful people about their Correct. life experience um, each week. And um, I want to let the audience know that you can reach out to Mario again, wherever you're watching this interview, there will be notes attached that give you direct link connect with Mario. And more particularly, if you're a CEO in a corporation, you're thinking about being a whistleblower, for goodness sakes, just touch base with Mario and the team at Insight Intelligence First, if you know that your corporation is not set up to manage the information that you want to divulge, please talk to Mario. He'll be able to guide you in that process. And if you're a CEO and you've been confronted with a bit of information that you didn't know about your corporation, again, reach out to Mario and the team at Insight Intelligence. They are your experts in helping you navigate this fraught area of life uh, corporate life and uh, indeed private life for many people. Um, Mario Beckers, thank you so much once again thank for you. being such an amazing co-host. Your wealth of knowledge and wisdom inspires me each and every week and I can't encourage the audience enough, those listening, to connect with Mario. He is just a beautiful human being but also an expert in intelligence. Um, Mario's uh, group, whilst they already work globally, we're going to be pushing, Mario and the team are going to be pushing into the US in the near future. So if you're listening in the US and you want to connect with Mario, I encourage you to do that now um, whilst he um, is pushing into the US and helping people across the globe. Mario Beckers, thank you once again. That, my friends, is your lot for this week. I want to wish you a wonderful weekend and Mario and I will be back next week with another show and next week we're going to be yes. talking about all the elements of training and education that Mario and the team provide and he has his own courses which are phenomenal. So we're going to be talking about that next week. Mario, have a wonderful week and that, my wonderful audience, is your lot for this week. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you, Tony. Bye, Mario. Thank you. Happy visit, Tony. Oh, thank you. Thank you.